So setting up these um, conditions for the mind, conditions to live within, basic uh, law of karma. Can everybody hear me okay? Is it loud enough? Yeah, just about, huh? A bit louder. Okay. <laughs> Get into my hellfire and brimstone mode. <laughs> <laughs> Try to talk tenderly and gently, but loud. <laughs> um, yeah, basic uh, principles of karma: that uh, actions, intentions, actions give rise to results. The Buddha's teaching is about causes and conditions, and uh, penetrating the roots of causes and conditions. Yeah, so we're setting up skillful causes and conditions. Um, uh, you know, and then really it's, um, you know, that's one part of the practice. Other part of the practice is looking, using though that support to look into what the mind is doing, what it's bringing up, how it's behaving, you know, how it's causing a stress through its carelessness or imbalance or wrong messages or wrong attitudes that we pick up. So we're very much in a, in a kind of, effective interactive context as human beings so we're affected by what we've done what we've learnt what we've picked up what we picked up from the world around us what we picked up from other people directly how we've affected been affected by so in this this is the whole field of effects that we are inherently placed in so in terms of retreat you want you try to set up a field which is uh as trammel-free as possible, <laughs> and also is giving rise to strong uh, encouragement to to uh, ethical sensitivity, to clarity, to composure, to to centering. So you know, we're trying to put aside things where we may find ourselves getting distracted or spacing out or really losing losing focus. You know, that's one of the themes of retreat while we do it here, while we do these, f follow these forms, as you all know. So you have a kind of a, the eth, the moral sense, you know, is the one, there's this particular form is ex a particular expression of the um, ageless and timeless and uh, commonly shared truth that we don't do to others what we wouldn't have done to ourselves. <laughs> you know, this is the mutuality that we live within, you know, and that we sometimes forget we live within. We're all affected by other people, other people affect us. We're affected by the planet, the planet affects us, and we affect it, and so forth. Yeah, some, but we seem to lose track of that. You know, you know this is kind of human blinkeredness, isn't it? So, because of that, you know, we tend to pollute and destroy um, the environment and other people and ourselves you know, through that. So, you know, sense of just this, we're in this kind of field of cause and effect. We're not living as independent units. We're living in something bigger that, that we pick up 
get messages from and and um, act in, and then we receive results of those actions. So, you know, simply speaking of ethics, you tune to that sense of not just to do good, but also to to get the mind to tune into something that's about having a bigger perspective, a mutual perspective, rather than purely individual perspective. Yeah. How am I affecting others? What am I picking up from others? Yeah. So we're trying to actually get, this is what's called right view. Mm. So it's, although, obviously, you know, meditation seems to be very much a solitary and internal practice, that's the that's the centering of it. That's if you like establishing the central axis of it. But uh, we, s- <laughs> you know, that's the s- that's the center point. But you also have a periphery, have a which is everything around you, your actions, your speech, your memories, what you're affected by, and so forth. So you can't ignore that, and you really want to establish your practice as something that can give you the sense of coming to your center, but then also being able to spread through your own uh, field of relationships and ethical actions and how you live so that the qualities of, of clarity and composure and attention are spread through through the whole of your ac- active and relational experience as well. Yeah, so... So when we do a retreat, then, you know, clearly one way we're on our own and just as clearly we're not on our own. Both the things run together. So when we start the retreat, often it's just a matter of really having to, you know, be clear about what the group form is and our sense of that. You You can place down particular rules and stuff of this nature. Um, but, you know, but the main thing is the spirit behind it. You, know, you try to get, uh, rules can only be points on a, on a circle or points on a line. Uh, you can create rules and things of this nature, but the idea is the rules are just there to, to encourage or to pick out particular aspects of, of um, cause and effect of how we affect each other how we want to affect each other in a benevolent way, in a in a carefully uh, negotiated and non-intrusive way, and perhaps even an encouraging and supportive way. You know, things like get everybody getting in here on time, being together, uh, moving in and out of the shrine room in a in a caring, respectful way, using the facilities, keeping quiet in the evenings, sharing rooms together, sharing meals. All this kind of stuff is all part of the retreat. So it's not all sitting here plummeting some inner depth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you want to make that sense of going inward, inwardly, not something that's coming from a feeling of shutting everything else out, but having, in a way, no regrets, no... Um, encumbrances externally you can kind of very peacefully enjoy that quality of um, ease and contentment and okayness with your environment so you might naturally oh there's nothing everything's fine 
you can kind of quiet down rather than get me out of here. <laughs> Which is a justifiable enough mood <laughs> to have if you're living in, a, in an unnegotiated chaotic relational field where all kinds of stuff is just jumping in and it's not very respectful or polite or relevant. It's just chaotic. You know, and then naturally one does want to get out of it. You know, and that's not an unreasonable thought. Um, you know, but um, well, I think one of the beauties of a retreat situation is to be able to feel that, you know, you can open and expand and feel present and be aware of other people without that sense of nervousness or agitation or being intruded upon. You know, it's just a quiet and you don't have to even make contact with people. It's not about making contact or, you know, that kind of thing. It's just about presence, you know, just quiet presence with other people without feeling nervous about it and feeling attentive to, to what that implies. That's part, that's the, that's the place where we live in in a retreat situation. So to to acknowledge that. And so I think, you know, the the three forms of intention that the Buddha himself established in his own practice when he was an unenlightened bodhisattva, bodhisattva. So this must have been pretty close to the time of his awakening because during this he actually uh, when he talked about this he talks about going into these uh, jhana states which he didn't experience until he was awakened so this must have been on the eve of his awakening and he was just acknowledging the value of developing intentions attitudes thoughts mental movements that were to do with harmlessness um, non-violence, kindness, yeah, non-aggression, non-bristling, non, non, none of that. You know, just the soft, tender quality. Um, intentions that were to do with um, uh, feeling um, empathy with others. You know, sense of just appreciating non non dismissiveness non cruelty but really sensitive to to others and intentions that are based upon the inclination to to let go to relinquish to 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 not grasp you know not clutch hold that sense of relinquishment he said these three he said these three lead to my welfare to other people's welfare they don't lead to my harm or anybody else's harm they lead to everybody's welfare and my welfare and that's really that's exactly right, you know, when what we're doing isn't just me, 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 me having an experience, it's my welfare, your welfare, and where the two meet, you know, and then you really can trust that, can't you? So the two can meet there. So here we have this kind of a basic agreement of uh, we've all felt sense of, you know, this is what I want to do, this is what we want to do, so if we live together and really appreciate that 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 um that form you letting the mind feel that form, encouraging that form, then there's a sense of gladness yeah. 
sense of gladness. And this joyful quality. Yeah. Joy comes into the mind through because of relationship. You know, there's a sense of one has feels uh, open and happy with others. One has no regrets. One has no darkness. One has no ill will towards others. Therefore, the mind feels bright and joyful. And then you can actually dwell in that quality. Mm. This takes a little bit of doing, not because we necessarily uh, have ill will, but it's um, very often the case that there's an energetic um, problem, you know, or energetic limitation. It, it begins to, you, as you've been through retreats, you notice it begins to change over a period of time. You know, when you come into a place like this and there's 35, 40 other people you don't know, there is a, you know, and you've been living in a particular f- space or a particular, you're living your own life and suddenly you're sharing it. It takes a while before something you can just relax into being with other people without necessarily knowing their names or talking to them, just kind of feel okay with that. Yeah. So it's a sense of just sometimes when you come into retreat or spending time here, just acknowledge, you know, presence of other people and you feel maybe a little bit nervous or whatever you feel, and just relax and, uh, yeah, consider, you know, other people having similar inclinations, other people inclined towards peace, other people taking precepts. You bring your mind towards those aspects, those qualities, there's a sense of uplift and encouragement. Whereas you bring your mind to, he always scrapes his chair when he leaves the breakfast room, she always leaves her shoes in a mess when she comes out the door, he always comes in last and bangs the door, she always has to flush the loo in the middle of the night and wake me up. (laughs) 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 You don't get that same feeling. But you could you could run it either way. But which one does you which does you the best service? It's good to dwell on the on the more full on positive aspects that people are doing, rather than the moments of carelessness or absent mindedness that uh, we all suffer from. <laughs> and towards yourself as well, you know, the sense of what you intend to do, why you come here, yeah. After a while, you may doubt, you may wonder why you come here. <laughs> but uh, you definitely, you know, you've made a big determination effort to come here. So there's something there, isn't there? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Some movement, some urge towards uh, being a bit bigger or wider or happier or easier or clearer than we may find ourselves becoming in our ordinary lives, you know, a little bit dusted or dented by our lives. So it's just kind of coming out of that. So I suggest um, I'll just do some guided meditation for this evening and uh, settle in. So find the way that you sit most steadily, 
comfortably, where you feel most balanced, there's least uh, tension and effort in your body. So it centers around the spine, spinal axis. Uh, that's the upright column. And if you can align to that, so your head straight above the spine, then the weight of the body is going straight down into the ground and the, the planet is holding your body up. So you, you sit in the upright position to, in order to um, carry as little weight as possible. That's the idea. So that the weight comes straight down your spine, straight down into your seat or your feet if you're sitting on a chair or both. Got some kind of broad base. The weight is coming down into the earth. This means you don't have to hold yourself through your shoulders, your neck, um, so on. So just lengthening the spine, opening the chest, letting the shoulders come back, down, opening up the front of the body. You know, just stretch it and play around with it. See what you can do that feels encouraging, brightening balancing. Give yourself the time to do that. You can sense a central line or a center in this experience of the body. It doesn't have to be a fine point. It, can be, it doesn't need to be that specific, just the general sense of a center. And tuning into that and um, you know, let the whole body know that there is a center and the hands can relax, the periphery can relax. It can be the case that our bodies carry a kind of shield on the front or a shell on the back where you kind of close against impingements of the world or you hunch over. And uh, that will always tend to restrict your, your energy your vitality and your joyfulness, your bodily zest, if you like. So we want to try to, you know, ease that, make the edges of the body feel soft and open. Firmness is very much the internal axis. And you're softening the face, the eyes, the throat, the mouth, sensing the breathing and softening the belly as you breathe in and out, letting its your abdomen swell so that all the tissues are receptive and can ease along with the process of breathing in and out, not restricted. It's just tuning in like that to uh, where the center is there, but also what's around you feels safe and easy so you can relax where you're sitting, comfortable where you're sitting. You don't have to have your eyes closed, of course, it can be useful, but it may also 
feel sleepy or caught up in your thoughts, it could be more helpful to have your eyes just slightly open and, and unfocused. So you can almost be supported by this uh, a non-intrusive visual context. It's something to so you don't disappear down the well of your thoughts. Bring to mind, consider, question what uh, brings you here? What uh, does a retreat mean for you? It doesn't have to be um, a whole verbal explanation, just be a mood. What do you wish for? Happiness, calm, clarity? What's how does that feel? What do you what do you wish for? What do you sense? What is needed? Uh, just the when you filled in your application form. What was that mood, image, impression of what you'd be coming to? get a feeling for that. Of course in a way that's already here. What you wish for is already here. You know what you want. It's an impression, it's a sense in your mind, it's a sense in your heart, it's already present. trying to almost distill and sit within that, that aspiration, the interest. Mm, taking it in. Just consider that uh, all the other people here have their aspiration. It may have slightly different words to it or wishes or needs, but it's the same quality of a, like a lifting up or of the spirit. Nobody's really coming here for a lot of ego affirmation. You know, we all know meditation is a really humbling kind of process. <laughs> it's not a, you know, it's not a bundle of laughs. <laughs> and it can be quite, you know, struggling at times, dealing with things. But there's a spirit. Uh, it's a spiritual process. 
which wants, which wishes to be complete, full, whole, stronger, brighter, yeah, more, more with our lives. More able to guide our lives, more able to enrich our lives. And uh, everybody, that's what's moving in everyone. So we're in this aspiration vehicle. With our difficult bits and pieces. But this is what the kind of personal clothing with a spiritual potential within it. To be in in a this place with other beings who have also touching that and wishing to express and live and feel that. And to be able to wish ourselves and other beings to encourage ourselves and other beings towards that fulfillment. To live in a blessing way. Coming out of the meditation, just uh, Let your your eyes come out of the meditation. Keep your heart in the meditation. Letting your body come out of the meditation. Keeping your mind, heart, spirit in the meditation. So... Glad we could all make it. Some people couldn't. Got sick. Family crisis and so forth. <laughs> but the uh, rest of us made it. So um, that's it really for the night this evening. And tomorrow is f- start to bring it all together. Start to start to bring it together. There's nothing on the um, timetable until the breakfast time. Um, for the people who are, obviously, you know, you can sit here all night if you like. We'll get up early, sit here, but there's nothing scheduled for the group sessions until until the breakfast. Um, for people interested, I thought I would. I'm going to be in the sala over in the, you know, in the 
monastery at six, so I can do a little bit of qigong for people who have the interest and energy to to do that. And uh, so we'll be doing this most mornings for about half an hour or, or so. Um, and so tomorrow I'll just do some preliminary stuff. If you're not up to it, that's fine. You can, but I'll do more or less the same thing the day after, <laughs> the day after, <laughs> the day after. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it is a very nice way to um, kind of <coughs> center and refresh fresh one's energy. So if anyone's interested, tomorrow I'll be over there at six.